This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today, Matt Walsh exposes the woke Fox News and Tucker Carlson adds on to the dog pile. Another hero on the New York City subway gets charged with manslaughter and another state bans men from competing in women's sports because some of us are not totally insane. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And since Tucker Carlson's departure from Fox News, it's been, in my opinion, difficult for anyone to justify watching the network at all. He was the last conservative bastion standing. Remember, this is supposedly a conservative network that forced employees working at their headquarters uh, to get an experimental job, show proof of that job, and at one point even eliminated the option of weekly COVID testing in lieu of the shot, something that Tucker, by the way, was able to avoid because he filmed from home. This is a network who platformed one of the OGs of trans culture, Caitlyn Jenner, as a reasonable gubernatorial candidate in California. A network who ran a series in June of 2022 called America Together, LGBTQ Pride Month, which featured a transgender child who came out to her parents at five years old. The Fox correspondent interviewing the child and her family remarked on the family's extraordinary courage. Perhaps regular viewers of the network could chalk all these up to minor mistakes, errors Fox would learn from, because when it comes to legacy media, Fox News is as conservative as it gets. Well, according to Daily Wire host Matt Walsh's latest expose, there aren't any mistakes for Fox to learn from because... Fox is simply showing you exactly who they really are. Matt uncovered internal documents from Fox Corporation attempting to indoctrinate employees and their kids into the LGBT cult and implementing woke DEI policies that they would use to determine employee advancement. In a screenshot Matt shared of the Fox employee portal, the network encouraged all employees to donate in honor of Pride Month to organizations like the Trevor Project, Alley Forney Center, and the Los Angeles LGBT Center, and encouraged them to celebrate Pride all month long on the company's Slack and Zoom by using Pride avatars and backgrounds. For reference, as Matt pointed out, the Trevor Project hosts a sexually explicit chat room that connects children as young as 13 years old with LGBT adults, and both the Alley Forney Center and the Los Angeles LGBT Center advocate for medical transition of children. But that's not all. Matt says, employees are also encouraged to expand their perspective by reading books by trans activists, including a memoir titled Fairest about a precocious boy who would grow up to become a woman. The same book apparently also includes references to a glory hole. By the way, if you don't know what that is, don't look it up. And it also includes a graphic scene of homosexual oral sex. Just smacks of conservatism, don't you think? Now try this one on for size. Fox also encourages employees to read gay books to their children, featuring characters who love glitter and sparkles and they come out as a unicorn. I can't think of anything more conservative than that. The network also partnered with extremely radical left ice cream company Ben & Jerry's to take an ice cream break and keep it cool with pride. 
But maybe the most egregious of all, Fox experimented with a woke AI platform called Escalera, which tracks employees' commitment to the cult of DEI by helping them engage in activities that will deepen their understanding uh, and identity and explore more nuanced DNI concepts. Escalera pulls in data from sources that include email and payroll systems and generates both a peer comfort index and a diversity index based in part on how often employees practice microaffirmations. The data can then be used, in the company's own words, as leverage to engage employees in career growth opportunities. In other words, if you want to advance your career at Fox News, you must bow at the altar of wokeism. Does any of this sound conservative to you? Does this sound like a company who truly gets the average conservative or even cares to? This is a company who is feeding you content for clicks, for advertiser money based on what they know is important to you. Oh, look, there's a drag show at a high school. Let's throw that on the website. That'll get clicks. Ooh, look over here. A detransition Navy SEAL is warning about child gender transition, something we actually advocate for behind the scenes, but put it on the front page. That'll get the clicks. They're using you for profits that they will then turn around and put towards advancing their cause, which, as you can see, totally aligns with the radical left. And as Maya Angelou famously said once, when someone shows you who they really are, believe them. Here to discuss this and more, we have Eric July, founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics. Um, Eric, obviously you are someone who sees the need for creating this parallel economy, for contributing to the parallel economy with all of this wokeism going on in comic mm -hmm. books, mm -hmm. uh, obviously here at Blaze Media. Yep. Glenn Beck saw the need to, you know, uh, provide the consumer with an alternative. Um, and when you see stuff like this, it becomes extremely apparent that all of these mainstream companies, um, they really are all the same at the end of the day, aren't they? Yeah, it's just like varying degrees more mm -hmm. so of that, uh, that spectrum is more so what it is you get. And not to plug my own thing, but this is why I do the Ripperverse. This is why it's yep. specifically a thing. And this is why you have stuff like the Blaze. And I think to me, <laughs> that's the way of the future. I'll get into yep. that here in a little bit, but I'm not at all surprised about Fox in their sort of position. And you put it perfectly because what they have done is really position themselves as, hey, we're the most conservative of the legacy media, even with some of their, like, even not just conservative, libertarian stuff as well, because they had definitely through uh, the other forms of Fox, where you got like Fox Business and all that right. stuff. You've had the John Stossels uh, of the world, Judge Knapp, you know, uh, notorious uh, libertarians on there. They've tried to kind of present that. And it seems that there's been a, a acceleration <laughs> sort of in this change that seems to fit the bill, or the same bill that we see with the other companies and what they're pushing for with diversity, equity, and all this other stuff, and, and that being the way of the future. Now look, if that's gonna be what they're gonna be, I say act accordingly. Mm -hmm. I continue to tell people to mm -hmm. act accordingly. This is why the alternatives are necessary. Now, I need people to understand, there's a certain level of status quo that comes with anything that's legacy. Whether it be news, whether it be entertainment, whether it be anything that you just look at, consume as a customer, or whatever it is, 
the stuff that's been established and has existed for decades, they have their way of doing things. And there are people that benefit, especially people, and this is the folks that you got to watch out for, the people that act as if they are kind of on your side, but mm-hmm. they're still kind of right in the middle of, of a lot of that legacy stuff. So th- it's more of like, hey, look at us. If you support us, well, you're supporting the fist in the air alternative. But really, again, it's just varying degrees of the same exact thing. So there are so many folks that are protective of that status. <laughs> quote and, and, and protecting that because of the level of uncertainty that happens in the event that, let's say, for example, there is no Fox mm-hmm. or Fox isn't, doesn't have the pool it once had. The same thing can be said for Marvel, DC in our case. People are like, well, if they fall, the folks that have worked so hard to get in the industry, like let's say commentators in the conservative space, they look at Fox like, I can't get any higher than mm-hmm. that. Right. It's going to be a nice little paycheck. I'm going to have the most eyes I can possibly can anywhere else. I'm going to hit a ceiling. So if they fall in any way, there's a level of uncertainty that a lot of folks aren't ready for and they don't welcome me. I love that stuff. If even if I didn't have a spot on the other (laughs) side of this sort of more decentralized form of, of media. It works for me. Right. I think the legacy stuff needs to fall. It's outdated. It's archaic. It's rotten. And it needs to go. Mm-hmm. So people need to start acting accordingly as customers, as viewers. There's plenty of alternatives out there. And maybe on the other side, you're not going to see a mega corporation worth tri- billions and billions of dollars. Maybe that's not going to happen. Maybe it's going to be some wildly successful ones, mm-hmm. but it won't look like it had before. Welcome it. Embrace it. There's going to give people more options. The customers win when it comes to that. But don't don't allow just because, well, they're the biggest guys of the legacy media that seem to at least highlight our views. Right. You know what I right. mean? Our, uh, we have to we have to have them be uh, as uh, as prominent as what they what they once were. And I just don't believe that should be the case. Yeah. You have to ask yourselves, uh, when is enough enough? Uh, just just because they're legacy media, is that really worth holding up a company who forced a jab on all of their employees, who, uh, you know, whose main uh, shareholders, here's top institutional holders for Fox, is a Vanguard Group and BlackRock. I didn't even know that. That should have excluded them off rip. I, I had I mean, no I idea like, of that. I, do you, I mean, uh, a company who fired Tucker Carlson for being, like, too conservative, I guess, and telling the truth too much, uh, a company who... Um, here's, here's another one that Tucker, uh, talked about last night in his Tucker on Twitter monologue. He said that, I don't know if you saw the, the Chiron Mm. on Fox news as Joe Biden was giving a speech and Donald Trump was giving a speech after he had been arrested for the second time. It said, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Now, these were uh, Chiron, you know, the, the similar Chirons were displayed during Tucker Carlson's show when he was at Fox all the time, just poking fun at uh, some of these people who absolutely deserved to have that, you know, po- poked fun at them. So um, Tucker revealed that the producer who did that, who put the Chiron wannabe dictator, uh, actually was um, punished by the channel and resigned less than 24 hours later. When he resigned, he offered to the channel, hey, as with most other employees, I'm happy to like still be here for the my two weeks, right? Like I'll be here for two weeks. I don't want to leave you in a lurch. And Fox said, no, actually, we just would prefer that you just leave. Um, so it's just fascinating because it's like, you guys, 
I think that maybe they're so arrogant that they think that, well, we're on, we're mainstream media and we're the only one left. So viewers have to watch us as if places like Blaze and Daily Wire and, you know, maybe someone else will pop up after this. Tucker going on Twitter, like as if those alternatives don't exist, because I can't think of anything other than a slap in the face to their own viewers that they would be thinking by punishing someone who wrote something calling Joe Biden a wannabe dictator, which I would argue is incorrect only because it says wannabe. <laughs> and in many cases, he already is. Yeah, that that's the intriguing part of it. And I think people, because they're so caught up on that status quo and protection of the legacy stuff that they think that it's totally unreasonable that someone can comp- replace it or multiple entities can sort of replace uh, that, uh, I guess, that void or fill in that void if, let's say, Fox fail. And I don't understand it because there's too many alternatives that also exist, but that are wildly successful. I just remember the people trying to talk me off the ledge before I kind of, it wasn't really a ledge. They were the ones walking off it. And I was more looking at it like, I'm not walking off the ledge with you. And the comic book industry and providing an alternative and people look at it like, well, there's no way that you'll ever be competitive, right? You're the new kid on the block. These guys, these companies have been around for, and they're not incorrect longer than your mother has been alive. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you, you'll be able to compete. And then they thought we just kind of uh, caught lightning <clears throat> in the bottle with ISOM number one, right? A $3.7 million campaign. And now we're going through ISOM two right now, which is already closing in on $1.5 million right now. And it just dropped Monday. So it, it's showing that. And by the way, to put those numbers into perspective, and the great Chuck Dixon, prolific form, uh, former Batman writer, was talking about this with me yesterday. The books of our size. Marvel and DC doesn't sell anything close to what it is that we sell. We destroy them. We destroy. We're already closing in on like 20,000 books. So for their graphic novels, they don't do anything. They don't do half that. They don't do their top ones of whatever month don't even do half that. So we're not able, it's not that we're competing. We're doing better than what, they, what it is that they are. The same thing can be said in this outlet. In fact, it's the easiest way. It's too many different, uh, the rumbles, the YouTubes and the Twitters and all these different ways to connect with your audience, direct line of sight. Mm-hmm. Legacy media is falling anyway. Mm-hmm. On the left, we see what's happening with CNN. They getting better. I mean, Warner doesn't know what to do with that platform. They might as well just cut their losses because there's no way they're making money off of CNN. So it's a failing entity uh, or a declining one, let's say that, yeah. in comparison to what it had been doing before. There's no better time than now for Fox mm-hmm. to be replaced. So when they tell you exactly who it is that you are and they say, you know what? On the surface, it might look like we support you, but all that stuff that y'all been calling rotten for all this time, not only are we, no, it's worse because they're like, they're implementing it within their own company and certainly applying it to its employees. That's worse. That's not not as worse as it can get. It's one thing to like co-sign it. It's another to be like, well, not only are we going to co-sign it, but we're also going to implement it within our own Mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. Screw them. Yeah. That's, that's that that should be the the approach to companies when they tell on themselves. We've seen what happens. They can lose billions of dollars. They do not have to exist and be on top forever. Okay, so speaking of uh your comics, tell everyone where they can find Oh, by uh, the way, yeah, uh Isom 2's a pre-order campaign, ripaverse.com, R-I-P-P-A-V-E-R-S-E.com. You can then visit the campaign page and get in. It's a pre-order. We start fulfillment at the end of next month on the 31st. So it's a little pre-order campaign. You can also get caught up if you are late to the party and you didn't get ISOM number one. You can get that as well. We have a catch-up bundle where you can bundle books. It's all kinds of merchandise, all sorts of stuff. And what we are doing is trying to provide an alternative within the comic book industry um, and uh, entertainment. You know, we put out our first animation, by the way, for you guys that also want to take uh, check that out in Riververse Studios. 
I'm trying to I'm trying. I'm doing everything mm. it is that I can to not just gripe about the problem like I always used to do on YouTube, screaming and screeching and hollering instead of like begging for them to accept us and change. I just said, yeah. How about I do it myself? Yeah, I mean, you still do scream a little bit, though. That's true. Uh, I mean, you come here and scream. That's true. I do do that. I was screaming, actually. I did a voice <laughs> acting for ISOM in the in the. You animation. did scream there. I was certainly <laughs> screaming there. So I haven't stopped screaming. I haven't stopped screaming. <laughs> um, by the way, that animation is sick. Like, the, the graph, it's, it really, it's big time. Thank so you. it Thank looks you. great. Congratulations. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't plug Blaze TV. If you guys are finally done with Fox News, don't forget you can Absolutely. be a Blaze TV subscriber. Uh, you can go to blazetv.com uh, slash news and why or just blazetv.com. Either way, you use promo code news and you can save some moolah whenever you sign up for a year. But um, it's going to be like every month, I don't know, probably uh, maybe oftentimes less than going to Starbucks like once or twice every single month. So it's definitely worth it. Give Fox News the finger and subscribe to Blaze TV. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We will be back with more, but want to thank our sponsor this segment, Jace Medical. So um, a lot of people, you know, you think about emergency food preparedness and you think about, well, if something happens, we have to be prepared. What do we need? We need food and we need water. Not so fast. You know what else you need is medicine, specifically antibiotics, because you use these for so many different things. You, you know, ear infection, uh, respiratory infection, skin infection, all these different things that you, when you need antibiotics, you really need them. And most people don't realize a lot of our medicines, specifically antibiotics too, are uh, manufactured in places like China, India, places that if something were to happen, if there were to be a global catastrophe or even just a national catastrophe in those countries, they're going to either take care of themselves first or they're not going to have anyone to actually produce the medication and it's going to leave you stuck in a lurch. Do not do that. Make sure that you are prepared with the Jace case from Jace Medical. It's a pack of five different antibiotics, five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of all of these bacterial and illnesses that I told you about before. Um, so just make sure that you are ready for shortages. Make sure you're ready. You can use it for traveling. It's great for traveling and it's great for the busy mom like me who, if you have a kid who always gets the same type of respiratory infection, always gets ear infections, always gets something that you're like, I know when my kid is sick, it's like clockwork. I don't have time to go to the pharmacy, to go to the doctor, to get the prescription. I don't have the time. I know my kid. I, know, I need this medication now so I can be prepared. You can go to Jason medical.com enter code news at checkout that is promo code news at j-a-s-e medical.com a new york uh, man was arrested yesterday and accused of fatally stabbing an ex-convict who punched his girlfriend on a j train on uh, that is of course the subway this is jordan williams who was arrested. They were on, he was on the New York J train with his girlfriend when uh, they were confronted by 36 year old, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but the thing that you need to know about this is that um, he is apparently an illegal immigrant who had a rap sheet. I don't know why he was still here if he was an ex-con, but uh, he was harassing commuters aboard the train. Sound familiar? Sounds a whole lot like uh, the Daniel Penny case and Jordan Neely. 
um, who was, of course, we we spoke about, I believe it was yesterday, who um, he, of course, J- Daniel Penny's being charged with manslaughter for defending the passengers after Jordan Neely was acting erratically. Well, this one was even more egregious. So this, this guy was harassing commuters aboard the train, and Jordan Williams stepped in to get the man away from his girlfriend when the man punched him, his girlfriend in the face. And so to defend his girlfriend against this obvious aggressive behavior, against this assault, uh, he removed his folding knife, stabbed the man in the chest. The man got off the train and later died from the stab wounds. And uh, Jordan and his girlfriend stayed on the train until the cops caught up with them later down the line. Another passenger recorded the event and eyewitnesses corroborated the claims that this man was aggressive to the couple. But in New York City, it doesn't matter because you're not allowed to defend yourself. You're not allowed to defend others. And uh, so he was arrested. And then later he was There's a rumor going around that he was released and the charges were dropped. He was not released with the charges dropped. He was released without bail because the judge felt that he was not a flight risk. He absolutely is still being charged with manslaughter, uh, and he could face up to 26 years in prison if he is found guilty. His attorney, by the way, told the court that um, he works for FedEx. Uh, He's never been in legal trouble before. They say he's a gentle soul in the community. This situation escalated, and it was by no fault of his own. And he was in the precarious position where you either sit there and get assaulted and let all the people get assaulted, or you eventually stand up for yourself and you get arrested. By the way, his mother has set up a Give, Send, Go for his legal fund. You can find it over at givesendgo.com slash GAR77. Um, It's getting really scary in big cities, specifically. I mean, I say big cities. I feel like I shouldn't have to say big Democrat cities because it's kind of redundant. Mm -hmm. If you're in a big city, it is overwhelmingly uh, Democrat that is going to be. And, you know, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that, like, um, this is being treated differently in the instance that, you know, Daniel Penny, there was wall-to-wall coverage. You had to dig deep to find this particular story because I would imagine maybe because it's not as exciting when it's a black guy who is uh, standing up against this aggressive person because you can't make the race argument. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is black or black or white or whatever color you are, you're still going to get arrested well, if the, you defend yourself. And that's the important part that people had long needed to understand, man. It's, it's never been a black and white issue right. with, with stuff like this in, in regards to self-defense. If, if for whatever reason you live in an area where they basically criminalize you defending yourself and the people around you, it doesn't matter what you are, you're going to unfortunately get get arrested. And with stuff like this, the thing that's so oh, it's so frustrating because people that have been in definitely physical conflicts, you understand that you got to act quick because you mm-hmm. never know. Mm-hmm. And to me, when you are an aggressor, you forfeit anybody giving you the benefit of the doubt. It's the same argument where people feel some kind of way. And that's the argument that they're going to make is like, well, he pulled out a knife and this is a more so overreaction. It doesn't fit the crime as if he's supposed to analyze this whole situation in slow motion and and give this guy the benefit of the doubt. It's the equivalent of of people that get angry when someone gets killed because they tried to, let's say, rob a house. And they were like, well, it's just stuff. Right. Right. It's like, first of all, if you've invaded in someone's personal space, they have no idea what it is that your intentions are, what you're capable of doing 
and they don't owe that to you. No. The great Murray Rothbard, who ironically enough, I'm wearing a, a shirt with his face on. I just realized that. But he, he had once said, you know, when dealing with an act of aggression, a deadly invasion of any sort, you have every single right and is perfectly reasonable, essentially, to treat it as if every invasion is going to be a deadly mm -hmm. one. Because you don't know. Exactly. You have no idea. So when there's a clear cut example of flat out aggression, like that's what an act of aggression is. Right. It's not it's not something definitely in this case and definitely in the case of private property rights. This is something they didn't provoke you. You were out of your mind or you just felt like being an idiot. Whatever the reason was, you are the aggressor. Nobody. You initiated the conflict. Let's say that. So if someone deals with you accordingly, especially when you're getting physical with someone else's like this is what we want. We talk about masculinity all the damn time. Yep. I'm definitely here on yep. this uh, on this station. You know what I mean? And yep. you'd expect the man to act accordingly. It's mm -hmm. his woman. Mm -hmm. And you gonna punch. I could imagine someone punching my wife. Mm -hmm. That's probably how that person's going to end up. But I live in a city where I get to carry something that's far more deadly, let's say, than a knife. Yeah. But on a serious note, you don't know that in that given circumstance, especially in somewhere like New York City, man, who knows what this person's mm -hmm. going to do? Just like what happened with the Jordan, Jordan Lilly situation. Who knows what this uh, uh, this person's going to do? So I hate to see stories like this. And I'm glad that, you know, obviously getting the support of this that, they, that, that, that they're getting. But I would hate to see, what do you say, like 27 years he can face up to mm -hmm. that? I would hate to see this uh, young man go to prison for defending him, himself and, and rather his woman from some idiot. Man, that, that'd be a, oh man, it'd be a crime shit. Yeah, I mean, it's, you understand why, as you mentioned, we're constantly talking about the lack of masculinity in the average American male these days. And it's like, sometimes you see stories like this all the time and you're like, I mean, if he's punching out your woman, you're gonna react. If you're a bystander and you are a man who has a family and you want to make sure that you go home to your family and don't get arrested for standing up for a stranger, I can kind of understand yeah. why someone would just sit back and let it happen. I'm not saying it's the right decision to make, but I am saying I can understand the 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 thought process of like, well, I don't want to get arrested. I don't want to go to jail. I'm going to leave my kids and my family for a complete stranger. I can understand why they would come to that conclusion, um, and but, I couldn't blame them for it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the criminal thing about those laws in, in itself that have criminalized. Mm -hmm. Self-defense. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. last week I was just talking about the sum of love in 2020 and the people that got arrested for defending their their property. Um, it, it's a it's a crime shame, but that's what happens. And this is why the crime is as rampant as it is in a lot of these areas, because they basically said that the only people that are justified to act accordingly are the police. That's it. Right. A lot of these issues sort of solve themselves. Definitely when you're dealing with a bunch of idiots roaming the streets, that type of stuff gets resolved. We don't. And I guess that's why the laws exist, because then you have people that are heavily reliant upon the state. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So what more would the state want? They, they just certainly wouldn't want that. They wouldn't want a situation where people are allowed and more free to protect themselves and not have to find the need for them. Right. Right. They wouldn't want that at all. So I think that's why those laws certainly exist uh, in, in the first place. But to your point, it's why the crime would continue to rise, because people you see this with. Even if something as simple as theft, mm -hmm. like in, in places which often have to be leftist areas where you can't act right. Mm -hmm. You can't stop a shoplifter. You can't do this and you can't do that. 
So what happens? The crime then goes up and people steal more because they don't fear any sort yep. of consequence. Yep. That's just how it happens. So these issues would resolve themselves if you got rid of those laws and just allow people to reasonably protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We got to take another quick break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank our sponsor, Collective. So sometimes you hear something and it sounds, you know, you're like, ah, oh, that's too good to be true. But in this particular case, what I'm about to tell you is Correct. It's absolutely real. You can save an average of $10,000 on 2023 taxes, but you have to do it now. If you are a consultant, maybe you're a software developer, coach, photographer, content creator, graphic designer, any one of any number of specialties, you got to go to collective.com. You probably love the flexibility and control you have versus a normal job if you're an entrepreneur. Plus, there's nothing like doing great work and getting recognized and paid for it, but you probably hate the crushing busy work that every solo entrepreneur has to deal with. You got business formation, you got paperwork, you got accounting, bookkeeping, taxes. If you want to focus on your passion and not your paperwork, you also need to know about collective.com. And if you check it out now, you could save big time. It is the all-in-one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs, especially if you're making north of $60,000 a year. They're going to handle all of those things for you, including payroll. So again, act before June 30th to save potentially thousands of dollars in 2023 taxes. You can go to collective.com to save on taxes this year and have someone who knows what they're doing, by the way, handle your setup, accounting, bookkeeping, all the things you don't want to bother yourself with, busy your time with. Let Collective do it for you. It is collective.com. Make sure to tell them the news and why it matters sent you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a new bill into law that will protect Texas women from biological men competing in their sports. This is SB 15, also known as the Save Women's Sports Act, and it requires athletes to compete in gendered competitions based on what is on their birth certificate. I believe this is only college athletes, but you know it's something. Here is a uh, video of Abbott signing the bill. Watch. Women's sports are being threatened. Some women are being forced to play against biological men. Women's college athletic teams are being threatened. Collegiate records that women set are being threatened. Women's sports, women's records, women's teams, women's dressing rooms, all are jeopardized when men are allowed to compete for those teams. Sometimes, do you hear something like that and you're like, how did we get to the place where that even needed to be said? I mean, it it just, listen to the words that are coming out of his mouth. Women should be protected from men coming into their dressing rooms, competing in their sports, stealing their scholarships. Like, I'm like, 
it's so weird. I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone mm -hmm. that we have to have governors sign bills into law and say things like that, that five minutes ago we all agreed was completely reasonable. Well, that's, that's proof of the cultural rot. I actually despise yeah. that something like this would even have to go to the government or be, be resolved or feel that people feel like it has to be resolved by the government. That's just stupid. But culturally, that's kind of where, where we're at, a bunch of stupidity. And putting this into perspective... Guys, <laughs> like it's funny. I was just talking about this with uh, Track and Field on on one of our shows previous on, previously this week. We were talking about how like some of these Track and Field um, records, you know, like the hundred meters and the two hundred meters, they've been around for a while, uh, sitting like the eighties, and they haven't even got close. And it's funny. It's like if you allow men to participate though in, in these sports, uh, world records, NCAA records would be shattered. You know, because mm -hmm. uh, Flojo has the world record, for example, uh, in the 100 meters. I think she ran 1049. Well, I ran 1044. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? And nobody's gotten close to her. But if they allow guys, and I, granted, I was a pretty good, good track and field athlete. I wasn't the best. You know, I was a regional qualifier. I wasn't a national qualifier. Uh, but, you know, if, if somehow one of those guys, <laughs> these guys out here running 10-3 and below, well, you wanted to identify as such, they would destroy those records. They wouldn't even close. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe that's what it would have to take in, in some of these other states for people to wake up and be like, okay, this is unreasonable. The fact that people have been so, they've been going along with the charade because people would rather the sanctity of their sport be destroyed than be called a bigot or a transphobe, which is how sad it is, but shows how this little sort of rainbow mafia coalition, if you will, how powerful that they are with people. We, we dealt with that with the Leah Thomas thing, mm -hmm. right? It was like, now we got more people speaking up about it, but she's already broke up records and won. What right. were y'all doing the case? Right. They were doing it anonymously because nobody wanted to say anything. Why? Because they were afraid yep. that they would be called all of these names. Now think about that. Think about that. Like you think it's, I'd rather this, this whole entire sport get absolutely destroyed mm -hmm. than people daring to suggest that I'm a transphobe. Mm -hmm. And until people start being unapologetic and calling this goofiness for what it absolutely is, it's not going to end. They're going to keep pushing the envelope. They're going to keep going as far as they realistically can. I mean, here we are talking about it on the show every other week. The concept of trans kids, for example. Yeah. Right? That's how crazy it's got. Why? Because, well, we kind of talking around the issue and people don't want to be called a transphobe or a bigot or whatever isms and all that sort of stuff. Screw all that. Start calling this goofiness for what it is. Um, speaking of uh, craziness, so Miami mayor, this is Mayor Francis Suarez. He is putting his hat in the ring for president on the GOP ticket. Now, I just so you know who you're dealing with here. I want to show you a tweet that he tweeted out about Pride Month uh, wearing this cute little gay sash. Uh, he said, June is Pride Month. What began as a statement of defiance against outdated laws now serves as a reminder and commemoration of where this movement all began over 50 years ago. As the mayor of Miami, I stand with the LGBTQ plus community in celebrating all month long. Looks like a guy who probably belongs on Fox News. I'll say that. I mean... <laughs> I, gay! I would tend to agree. That is pretty gay. <laughs> but this is the, this, I'm like, this is the absolute state of the mainstream Republican Party. I mean, I get it. It's Miami. But he is the mayor. True. And he's putting himself on the GOP ticket, putting posts like that.
Yeah, I mean, look. What's, hold on, hold on. What self-respecting straight man would wear it, not just something with pride, but a sash? A sash, well, that, a gay sash. That, that's what that was the point that I was about to make. Like it'd be one thing if he was just gay, and that was just it. I had to read because I don't know. He, I mean, he's a he's a pretty man, so I wasn't sure. But I did right. look up that he is straight. He has a family. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it'd be one thing if that were the case. Like he was right. just gay. Right. Like you know what I mean. And I don't care. Well, then you would expect you know, him to wear a sash. Well, even then, though, it would be like. I just don't understand this whole like obsession. I mean, we're give, we've given this community an entire month, um, and it is what it is. But the fact that people wear it on their sleeves or their sashes and talk about this as if this is like so uber important is like I get it. He's a politician. And I guess that's what the way they look at votes and how they have to gain some sort of support. But it's just that should be to me. The most or the least interesting thing about you, mm-hmm. right? Or the least mm-hmm. interesting thing that you care about. I don't even care where you're at on, on, I can't keep up with the amount of genders and all that stuff. But wherever you are, it should be, it should be a thing that you're leading with. But every month, I guess it kind of has people outing. Well, every time this month comes mm-hmm. around, outing themselves. And I'm like, man, if you're going to lead with that, I mean, we see this in everything. Everything's turned into rainbow stuff. We got... Uh, talking about comic books, DC Pride is going on, and all these gay characters. I don't know if you—we probably should have did a show about that. Gosh, actually, about, I didn't uh, even know. Uh, yeah, so DC Pride is a thing, but there's two characters who had been gay in the comics, and they had nerve to post something. I know a little bit of a side note, but they had nerve to post something that said something along the lines like "for the kids." In that post, and it had two men kissing. Obviously, oh. I was like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" Like. Okay, I guess. Hey, goes toward the Ripperverse. But <laughs> but no, seriously, like they're leading with all that stuff. And I think at this point it's starting to turn people off. So probably that guy's political career is dead on arrival once people discover that and that gets shared around, especially conservative circles. Yeah. Oof, that's uh really Especially if he's straight. I don't know, man. I'm I'm gonna have to I don't, I don't know if he's straight. <laughs> Eric needs a fact check on that. Yeah. All right, we gotta take a break. We'll be back. Oh, straight guy. <laughs> Sash, let alone a rainbow sash. All right, it is Friday. You know what that means. That means we have another edition of Dear Sarah, because Dear Abby's dead. So if you need advice, you don't need to, I mean, you could email Abby, but you're not going to get a response from her. <laughs> so you might as well email uh, Dear Sarah at the blaze.com. We're giving out all sorts of life advice, dating advice, tips. Uh, what do you do if your husband's cheating on you? Uh, anything. Dear Sarah at theblaze.com. Today's is, uh, Dear Sarah, why are most modern American women insane? Oh, boy. As a man attracted to real women, sad that you had to give that qualifier there. Uh, <laughs> as a man attracted to real women, I have watched a mass of women grow increasingly nutty over the last 20 years. Normally, as such, as such women enter their 40s, they would start collecting cats and precious moments figures and old newspapers, but the current crop of becoming 40-somethings seems so off their rockers that the cats run away. Since cats are too smart to hang around, these women carry small dogs in their purses because small dogs are too dumb to know any better. Wow, that's really true. In summary, do you know where I should look for women who are genuinely hot? I don't want a supermodel. I just want a sane woman who who weighs less than I do. (laughs) Sincerely, desperately seeking sane women. Um, Well, first of all, that was funny. Uh, Second of all, 
I would say, look, if you want a sane woman who weighs less than you do, the first thought that comes to mind might be the gym. Mm. I mean, well, let me let me let me clarify here. The gym, but not in January, because that's when all the fat people go to the gym saying that they want they have a New Year's resolution to lose weight. And then they just kind of trail off uh, and stop going maybe February, March. So I would say now is the perfect time to start going to the gym and finding those women who actually care about their fitness. And perhaps you will find one uh, that is sane because I don't think that the blue haired uh let me just, I'm going to put it as delicately as I can. When I go undercover at the events that I go to, um, I don't think many of those people are going to the gym. I'm just going to, just, ba- just, ba- just based on what I'm seeing, yes, I am judging a book by its cover, but this is a physicality issue. So I know no other way to judge other than by its cover. You could go to the gym. Or to church. Don't use a dating app, I can tell you that much. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, that's going to be tough. I mean, maybe if you go to gym or you go to some of those classes, maybe you link up with someone that way. But, yeah, uh, it's a daunting task, man. Women are bat crap crazy. Uh, I feel these bad days, for Definitely in our age, age group yeah. and younger, man. So, you know, it's going to be slim pickings out there. Um, yeah, obviously stay away from the leftists. Um, that's going to be the best way you can do it is do what I did. My my woman was uh, more so apolitical before mm-hmm. I got, but I also got with her many, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as crazy. I can imagine being in that jungle this these days, man. It 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 has to suck. But yeah, I do like the idea of the church. I do like the idea of the um, you know maybe Jim going in some classes and doing stuff like that, but. Stay away from the neon-colored hair and the leftists because uh, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. Even if they seem somewhat rational, trust me, it's a ticket time bomb. Or maybe a uh, political event. Yeah, that's a good a one. There's a lot of women that go. Yeah, you would event. know that yeah. for sure. There's yeah. a lot of conservative women that aren't, aren't uh, there. 300 pounds. <laughs> and are also very cute and conservative. So there you go. We've got one more on the aspect of dating. It says, Dear Sarah, there's a girl that I really like uh, whom I have recently, whom I have been on a date with once recently, yet has now friend zoned me. I want to try and persist with the relationship as before we dated, we hit it off really well when we first met. We are still very good friends and message each other daily. What is the best way to stay persistent without coming off as desperate or needy, sincerely friend-zoned Aussie? I mean, I would say just, I want Eric to answer this one, but I would say pick up on the, like, try to read into the context clues a little bit. If you're messaging each other daily, but she's taking hours and hours and hours to respond to you, I would give it some, I would give it a breather. I would would give her some space. Um, Not that I'm telling you to play a game, but... It would be interesting to see how she responds when you do give her a little bit of space because she may decide, oh, wait, I was enjoying that attention that you just gave me. Um, maybe I want it. But you don't want to do that forever because playing games is not the right way to uh, to get into a relationship. So I would say pick up on the context clues. Um, try to allow you try to allow those to guide you because it is a delicate balance not wanting to come off as too needy, too clingy when you're a friend. But I will give you some encouragement. Um, I, you know, once had a best friend and he was my very best friend and we talked every day, um, all day. And then I, you know, I we fought it for a while and then I ended up marrying him and he's directing my show right now. So, hi. hi. <laughs> so there is hope, even though you are friends, don't let that discourage you. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, that was a tough one, man, but you know, the whole games thing, I don't you, you, I don't think you should play this. Yeah, you don't want to play that, games. And that 
aspect if you've done everything that you could making it obvious that you're you're interested and they not right yeah i agree with you on taking a little step back and if she's like all right well doing still gonna do her own thing then it's, it's time to move on but whatever you do don't play these damn games yeah if that if that's how it is every single time where you back up and then she's all of a sudden like oh never mind hey yeah. what are you doing where have you been but then once you persist yeah, and then she's, she's back. still yeah, 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 yeah. you don't want to play that game. game you don't want a girl that's going to play games you need someone to shoot you straight um and be an adult about things all right uh that's it for this week's edition of dear sarah we'll be right back Joe Biden the other day was on stage with actress Eva Longoria at a screening of her latest movie and made a really creepy joke about knowing her when she was 17 and he was 40. Watch. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband. <laughs> Thank you, Eva, for that introduction and congratulations on your huh? I accept your debut as a director adding another accomplishment to an already incredible, incredible <laughs> career. We've known each other days, a long man. time. She was 17, I was 40. That's it. It's not the first time, by the way, that he has made a weird joke like that about another woman and then trails off and says, well, anyway. Um, but that wasn't the creepiest moment. He actually, there was like a very weird, creepy linger when he was touching Eva Longoria, uh, let's watch. And she's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. You know when a woman is uncomfortable, oh, yeah, they yeah. do the, mm, no thank you, all right. But I'm on stage in front of people, so I'm gonna pretend it didn't happen. Wow. That was clearly the reaction. It's not a secret. She was clearly like, oh, okay, that's, well, that's enough. Well, I mean, I guess the upside is that it, she's not a child. You, Because usually when he does that, True. he does the linger and the smell, it's with a young child. True. That's so maybe true. we could give him bonus points <laughs> that it's with a it's with a, an adult this time. Well, and he also started that whole deal with him being his, what do you say, Jill Biden's husband or something like yeah. that? Yeah. My name is Joe Biden, and I'm Bill's husband. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com/slash podcasts.